You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 414. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 414. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? Without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, Amy E. Smith. Hey, hey, audience, Amy here, and I'm thrilled to be hanging out and sharing with you a little bit more about self-belief. So we're doing a little mini series on what it really looks like to genuinely believe in yourself. And we had the great fortune to kick that off last week with an interview with the one and only Mel Robbins. And I hope you were able to catch that episode. If not, please be sure to check that out. That's episode 413. We'll link to that in the show notes for you as well. And what we're going to be talking about today are the the real world actionable steps, the things that we can do differently in order to cultivate self-belief. So something that has really been on my mind a lot lately, and I, I thought, gosh, why don't I talk about this more on the pod? It's something that has been really, really noticeable. And I thought, you know what? I really need to share this with y'all. There is this way in which we start to morph our perfectionist tendencies from feeling like we need to be perfect in all areas of our life. And we start layering that on to feeling like we need to be perfect in our personal development. I cannot tell you how many times I've worked with students or clients who really want to do the work the right way. They want to do the worksheets or the audio lessons or the work with me perfectly, which makes a lot of sense, right? Like if that has been your go-to behavioral mechanism, that's been your coping tactic, of course you want to now also be perfect at personal development. But it's kind of like saying, I want to be perfect at grief, (laughs) right? Or I want to be perfect at transition. It's you it's not something that's weighed on a perfection scale. So the reason I bring that up is because I have a bunch of things that I want you to start thinking about. I've got about 10 different things here to help you start cultivating believing in yourself. And for all of my recovering perfectionists out there, the tendency is usually I need to do every fucking one of these Or I'm failing miserably as a human, which then leads to what? Not believing in yourself and oftentimes stagnation. We procrastinate. We do nothing. It's if I can't do all of the things flawlessly and perfectly, I'm going to do nothing at all. And so we sit and we wallow and we stay in this place that's stagnant instead of actually growing and moving toward the things that we want. I think one of the most pivotal lessons that I've ever had to learn in relinquishing that grip on perfectionism has been to fail, has been to have a shitty first draft. And when I tell you that everything in my body repels that concept, (laughs) I am not lying to y'all. And I know that there are many of you out there who feel the same. It feels so counterintuitive 
to actually move forward before something is pristine. But let me tell you, if you don't move forward, you're stuck. You're stagnant. You stay exactly where you're at. So as that relates to our episode today, I want you to pick one or two of these things that I'm sharing and genuinely focus on just those two things. Maybe pick the one or two that feel really resonant to you or maybe you feel a bit called out about. (laughs) Those are the ones that are probably speaking to your soul. One more thing before I jump in. Next week, I'm going to be sharing with you a podcast that's around believing in yourself, but believing that you're lovable. And it's actually part of a podcast tour. So if there are those out out there who have been thinking like, I really want to attract a partnership, I would really like to be in a rich, loving connection, but I know that I've got some shit that I need to reckon with in order to be, you know... Uh, a highly magnetic (laughs) partner, Uh, I would really encourage you to check that out next week. So I will link to all of that information next week. I just wanted to let you know that that's on the horizon. Okay, let's jump in. Number one, this is going to be a task. And it's something that you might want to keep on a notebook or you could do it on your device, on a phone, maybe like on your notes app. But I want you to keep an ongoing evidence log of things that you did not know how to do and you ended up figuring them out. A lot of times we are embarking on these new things in our life and we we have this lack of confidence. We have this lack of belief in ourselves. And we think that we are going to magically just attain that confidence, that it's like once I have that confidence, then I'll go for this new job or then I'll get back into the dating scene. But what we don't realize is that confidence is cultivated and created by looking fear in the motherfucking face over and over and over again and choosing courage. It's not that you just magically arrive at confidence. You have to go through things that actually scare you and operate and choose courage even though fear is there. So there have been times, I guarantee you, in your life that you didn't know how to do something. Maybe it was going to college and you were like, I have no idea of anything about what I'm about to study. Maybe it was becoming a parent. Maybe it was your current job where you kind of went, God, I remember when I knew nothing about this career. In fact, I think about that all the time. I remember very distinctly when I was working in makeup artistry, there was a moment when I was so incredibly overwhelmed by the sheer volume of things that I did not know about color theory and the science around skin types and all of these things that I went God, I cannot wait till I get to that point where I know all of the answers. That's the type of thing that would go in the evidence log because there was a time when I reached mastery where I kind of went, you know what? I actually did figure that out and I figured it out really fucking well. And I'm guaranteeing that there are those moments for you. Now, if it doesn't feel like that statement resonates as much with you, do an I'm proud of myself because list. What we want to do is start putting on your radar evidence of things to be proud of yourself for, evidence of reasons why 
You can be trusted. Reasons why you can believe in yourself. And I would encourage you to make this a living, breathing document, something that you can refer back to multiple times. You can add things to it as you become competent or as you check something off. Even if it's something like, I've never been rock climbing before or I've never been skiing before and then I did and I was terrified, but I did it anyway and I'm so fucking proud of myself. I didn't know how to do it. I figured it out. That is a track record of I can be trusted. Number two, be intentional about who you surround yourself with. This is huge, y'all. I have found that a lot of times for those of us in our 30s, 40s, and 50s, We get to this place where some of our relationships that we've had in our life, whether it's familial or friendships, we've somewhat outgrown them. And I don't want to say that in a derogatory way because I don't think it's about othering them and saying, oh, they're not as evolved as me. I don't think we need to be grandiloquent about it. But I do think that there's a way to go, you know what? Every time I hang out with this friend of mine from high school or college or my neighbor or this family member, I always leave with a little bit of an ache in my heart. I don't feel very good around them. I feel like I revert back to negative behaviors or things that I'm actively working on shifting. So start looking at are there people around me that I am actually choosing to associate with that perhaps are making my job much, much harder? Because I'll tell you what, my best friend Andrea, who many of you know, Mr. Smith, who's, who many of you remember from the show, they don't make me an amazing human, right? They don't give me my worth, so to speak. But I'll tell you what, they make my job a shit ton easier because I am truly seen. And as I've often shared with you, I think it's really important to speak your truth into ears that can hear you. And not all ears are capable of hearing you. So that's why sometimes when you're sharing something that you're really pumped about with your mom, who has a very limited scope of right and wrong or what you should or shouldn't be doing with your life or her own limitations, maybe she never rises to the occasion and she's not really able to champion you and support you in the way that you're craving. That deserves acknowledgement. Does that mean we cut her out of our life and we label her as toxic? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, let's be vigilant. Let's look around and say, who am I intentionally choosing to surround myself with? Do they build me up? Do I feel good around them? And then being deliberate with how you choose to spend your time. I'm sure you've all heard the statement of you are the average of the five people that you hang out with. Is that a good thing? Is that a little, oh, I don't know if I want to be the average of this group. (laughs) So start thinking about that, too, because especially when you're embarking on this process of wanting to believe in yourself, Like, let's set ourselves up for success as best as we can because lacking confidence, lacking belief in yourself, not believing that you're enough is hard enough as it is. It's it's frustrating. It hurts. You're uprooting a bunch of past traumas and things like that. So let's set ourselves up with really positive forces in our life. All right. Number three, choose healthy behaviors that actually contribute to you believing in yourself or making you feel good. 
take a little inventory of what are you constantly putting into your own mind. That has a lot to do with how we perceive ourselves. Also, I think it could be a really cool exercise to look up Google or sort of research successful people who gain some sort of level of success that you find really highly admirable. It doesn't necessarily have to be monetary or anything like that. But people who who you admire who were maybe outside the social norm of success. Maybe they resided in a larger body instead of being you know, what we're told the perfect body looks like. Maybe they are uh, underprivileged in some way. Maybe they have a disability. Maybe they come from a marginalized community or an intersection of marginalized communities. Maybe they're a part of the queer community. Maybe they are somebody who the world already said, you probably shouldn't believe in yourself that much. Maybe they were impoverished. And they said, fuck you, I'm going to believe in myself anyway, and used that and created something massive. Now, I don't think that that necessarily means that we push through all our pain and we push through all our trauma or anything like that. But I do think it can be helpful for us to see people who who maybe were outside of what we've always been told success looks like. Which, you know, if we're honest, it's typically white and male and straight <laughs> and cisgendered and thin. And I keep thinking of all the, <laughs> all the things, right? So maybe people who are outside of that, who were absolutely able to create massive impact in, their, in the world, so what, I, what I'm saying by, about that and why I think that's kind of important is a lot of the things that we consume, uh, whether it's music, media, scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, the books that we read, the shows that we binge, aren't always that fucking diverse. They're not always really representing who we are and how we feel. Maybe it's even something like somebody finding the love of their life in their 60s or 70s, that kind of shit, right? We receive all of these messages about what's acceptable as far as partnerships go. So keep in mind, what am I filling my mind with? What am I, who are the accounts that I'm following on Instagram? Are they, are they, is it littered with all of these people that make me feel shitty about myself? My, my best friend, uh, had mentioned many, many years ago, and she's given me the permission to share this, that one of the behaviors that she had was she routinely got the Victoria's Secrets magazine sent to her house, you know, the clothing stuff, right? And she realized that every time she got one of those in the mail, it really triggered body image shit. Now, that's a behavior. That's our choice to sit there and flip through those pictures, those images that are leaving an imprint in our mind about what is enough, what is acceptable. These types of women surely can believe in themselves, but I certainly can't, right? So she realized that one of the behaviors that she needed to change was make sure that she eliminated the subscription. So get off the mailing list. So do not send that shit to me anymore. And if it still came, having sort of that commitment to throw it away. So I would love for you to examine what am I consuming? Am I 
Googling bullshit BuzzFeed <laughs> quizzes when I could actually be looking up people who've had remarkable successes that maybe are outside of the social norm. Now, don't get me wrong. I love a good numbing out, a Netflix binge like the next person. I just think it warrants a little bit of recognition and intentionality. So for myself, I think I've shared with you many times, I'm a huge fan of true crime. There there are ways in which it's actually hugely comforting to me, and I don't need to get into all of that right now, but I do notice that sometimes if I've gone too far down a path like that, I start feeling like shit. And that never helps me feel more confident, feel more motivated, feel more excited about work or wanting to connect with other people. So keep in mind what is what is fueling your daily life. Is it lifting you up? Is it making your job of believing in yourself easier? Or is it making it a bit more of a challenge? And then just kind of tweak that a little bit. Before we go too much further, I wanted to take a quick moment to give a shout out to our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Shocker, I'm a huge fan of therapy. I have a personal motto that if you think you don't need therapy, you probably need therapy. Because without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is genuinely hard. The good news is therapy actually really does work. But what is it exactly? Well, it can truly be whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling super motivated right now. Hello, who among us, right? And maybe you want some tools to help or maybe you're feeling insecure in your relationships or in your workplace or maybe you're just not dealing with stress very well. Whatever it is that you need, it is time to stop being so ashamed of normal human struggles. It's time that you feel better because you deserve to be genuinely happy. And now you don't really have to worry about finding an in-person therapist that's near you or in your town because BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to even see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people, y'all, it's been over 2 million people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. As I mentioned, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Joy Junkie Show podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash thejoyjunkie. That is betterhelp.com slash thejunkie. Joy Junkie. Now let's jump back into the show. Number four, decide on one action that you are going to take that scares you just a little bit. Now, I am not talking about go fucking jump out of a plane if you have a fear of heights. I think that sort of bullshit push somebody off the edge type of coaching is incredibly detrimental. I'm talking about taking a small action. So maybe it's something like there's a new person that you're working with and you've kind of got this idea of like, it would be kind of fun to maybe go to coffee with them. I'm not talking romantically. I'm just just talking like platonic friendship thing. And it would be a real act of bravery for you to just say, hey, would you want to grab a coffee sometime? 
So I'm not saying go fucking start a business that makes you want to pull your teeth out. You're so damn scared, (laughs) right? I think we have to have baby steps. I have worked with so many different people that have different levels of ways they're willing to contend with their fear based off of the trauma that they've experienced, right? So keep in mind, anytime we're experiencing fear, it's because there is some sort of imminent threat. And a lot of times that threat to us has been amplified by what we've experienced as children. So if you are thinking about jumping back into the dating scene, let's say, and that is absolutely mortifying, terrifying to you, it might not be that I'm going to fully jive in. It might be I'm going to download one app. I'm going to do just that. Because again, this starts to go back to the evidence log from number one. It starts to be, okay, I can actually be a little bit nervous. I can be a little bit afraid of something. And I can still choose to behave from a place of courage. But it has to be something that you genuinely want to do. I am not a fan of just let's contend with fear for the fuck of it. It has to be because you want to make that connection with that person or you would like to connect with a soulmate or you do want to start your own business. Maybe the one small step is reaching out to your cousin who works in the profession that you're interested in and just to say, hey, would you have maybe 20 minutes or so where I could just ask you some questions about your career? Maybe that's what it is. It's not I'm going to enroll in a totally new program or I'm going to start my own company tomorrow or anything like that. So just start thinking about how can I take one small action that scares me just a little bit? Because when we do that over and over and over again, guess what that is? Confidence building. We start proving to ourselves through that series of action that we are trustworthy, that we can believe in ourselves. We can count on ourselves. Number five, shocker, monitor your (laughs) self-talk. I'm going to link to another pod I've done on this where I talk about dealing with your inner shit talker. You'll definitely be able to find that in the show notes page. But I think as it pertains to believing in yourself, come up with a go-to statement. I mean, it can be something as simple as I can and I will. I can and I will. Even if I haven't yet, I know that I'm capable. I can and I will. Some sort of self-talk statement that bolsters a belief in self. You can even add a little prefix that's sort of a disclaimer of, even though this is hard to fully believe right now, I am committed to believing in myself or I am committed to building my confidence. The thing about self-talk is that it is with us 24-7. So even if you're listening to something really inspiring or you're hanging out with a friend who really does help you believe in yourself, and then the rest of your day you are just talking mad shit to yourself, it's going to undo any of that positive traction that you've had around self-belief. So think about what's one statement. We've used this many, many times on the show that comes from T. Harv Eker. And he talks about just just cancel, just cancel, cancel. I'm not going down that path. Or I choose not to focus on that right now. Or I am not going to allow that incident to steal my joy. 
any number of things, any number of things that can help you stay connected to actually believing in yourself. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in a second when we talk a little bit more about emotions because I I think it's really important not to use positive self-talk just as a blanket over real serious emotional pain. So if you are in a heightened state of emotional pain, meaning you're really feeling down or you're really overwhelmed or you're really frustrated or sad or you just got rejected, that's not necessarily the time to say, you know what, I can and I will and I'm enough. And it, it's kind of like putting a big old Band-Aid over a giant wound. It's not really the type of healing that's going to be helpful. It's not the remedy that's going to be helpful. So keep that in mind too. When I talk about monitoring your self-talk, I'm not talking about stifling the emotions that you feel or negating the emotions that you feel. In fact, I did an episode on toxic positivity and what commonly called spiritual bypassing. I think those that pod would be really helpful for you too if you're not sure about when should I use positive self-talk? or empowering self-talk, and when should I really kind of sink into my emotions. So definitely have a link to either that pod or the one specifically on self-talk if you want a little bit more around that. Number six, focus on the good what-ifs or even just the neutral what-ifs instead of the bad what-ifs. We are phenomenal. In fact, many of us have PhDs in the bad what ifs. We can go on and on and on about the catastrophes that could come up. And a lot of it is rooted in a lack of belief in self. It's that we don't fully trust ourselves. We don't believe that we're capable of things. A lot of that comes back to our deep-seated beliefs about ourselves, which we'll discuss in a second. But just as an exercise to quite simply distract your mind, If you are going down a vortex of not believing in yourself, of thinking all of the worst case things are going to happen, and you hear that voice saying, what if this happens? What if they think this of me? What if I don't get this promotion? What if I get passed over for this? Whatever it might be. I want you to stop and go, what if it actually all works out? What what if it actually all works out? What if it is enough? What if I'm surprised? What if it's easy? And just as an exercise, it will disrupt that vortex of thought. Because basically, and I'm sure many of you are quite aware of this, it just feeds on itself and it gets worse and worse and worse until you're destitute and you have no friends and you are, you know, in this horrible situation. I don't think we necessarily have to go, what if everything is amazing. What if I meet my soulmate here? What if they want to promote me to VP? I don't think you have to go into a fantasy land. You certainly can because all we're trying to do is think better thoughts. We're just trying to feel better, right? But I find that sometimes just making it neutral, making it like, what if it's not that big of a deal? What if it works out really seamlessly? What if it's a little bit easier than I anticipated it being? All of those thoughts can be kind of like, it's almost like putting a little bit of a blanket over a fire. It's like, let's not, let's not get too out of control here. So that's a great way to catch yourself. If you're noticing that you're spiraling, just stop 
stop, stop, cancel, cancel. What if I'm really surprised? Ooh, what if I'm really surprised? What if something different happens than what I'm expecting? Boom, done. All right, number seven, examine your deep-seated beliefs. Usually, if you are in a place where you just don't believe in yourself, there is a strong deep belief that I am not enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. I'm not lovable, which we'll talk about that a lot next week. Usually there's something deep there. I'm not enough. Now, this is the primary thing that we work on in Deep Down and Dirty. And if you haven't heard me talk about it, you probably haven't been listening to the show very much (laughs) because I talk about it every week. But Deep Down and Dirty is a group immersion program that I've created and I've been teaching it for years now. And it is designed to really change a lot of the behavioral tactics that we have, like having a tight grip on perfectionism or people-pleasing, taking care of everybody else, trying to control things, constantly doubting ourselves, all of the symptoms of not believing that we're enough, not believing that we're valuable, believing that we're innately flawed and damaged or bad. So when we have that sort of a deep belief, which, shocker, spoiler alert, it's usually created some way in our formative years, through our childhood, with our family of origin, we come to this conclusion that I'm not enough, that I'm not valuable. You you fill in the phrasing. Sometimes it's I'm not deserving of happiness. Sometimes it's value. Sometimes it's mattering, like I just don't matter. And then we live into that. And the way we live into that is through those behaviors. We go, okay, maybe if I try to make everybody else happy, then I'll be valuable, then I'll be happy. Maybe if I'm perfect, maybe if I'm flawless, then I'll be enough. Many of us received that messaging from our childhood or even from certain religious influence. So it's likely that you're going to need to examine your deep-seated beliefs. Now, I don't cover beliefs a lot on this show for a couple of reasons. One is it really is the deep work that I do that takes months to help people on an individual level actually shift and change. Because if you think about it, we've been operating under those belief systems for decades. Decades you've believed that you're not enough or that you're not valuable or you don't matter. So it's going to take a minute to recondition and to actually change the neural pathways in the brain and rewire what you genuinely believe about yourself. And I also feel like It's not something that I can flippantly throw out on a podcast and act as though it can be really easy, easily worked on. I think it personally, I feel like it's something that you deserve support through. And from an integrity standpoint, I never wanted to give everything of my work out for free on the podcast. I wanted when people started working with me through Deep Down and Dirty, I wanted them to feel like it was a markedly deeper dive, that it really was wildly more trans uh, transformational than even listening to a podcast. So from a work integrity standpoint, that's always been very important to me. But if you are interested in that and you're going, yeah, 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 I need to actually shift this for good. 
I can't keep just listening to something here and there and then going back to my life and nothing changes. And there's a real reason why that happens. It has a lot to do with the conscious or the uh, the conscious versus the subconscious faculties of the mind. And I talk about that in a workshop that I've provided for you. If you haven't checked it out, go watch it. It's a completely free workshop, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And that will kind of chronicle maybe some of the reasons why you've been attracted to a lot of personal growth work, but haven't really seen a lot of the shifts or the changes from it. And that will shed a little bit more light on why that might be the case for you. And I talk a lot about, you know, conscious, subconscious, and and what it takes to truly, truly believe in yourself. And at the very end of that workshop, you'll see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team where you can talk about deep down and dirty and see if that's, that is an investment of time and energy and resources that is right for you. You can discuss with them what you've been contending with, what's been going on in your life, and they will absolutely give you a plan and say, hey, yes, I think deep down and dirty is a fit. No, I don't. You know, here's the reasons why, but we'll definitely make sure that we support you no matter what. So if you're ready for that deeper dive, that's where you start, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Number eight, this is one of my favorites, and it's to simply examine what you are feeling and ask yourself, what am I making up? And here's what I mean by that. Most of the time when we are feeling something that's uncomfortable, we make up a truth about that because emotions are dramatic and they're palpable and they're intense. There are various levels of intensity. But if we're feeling disregarded or dismissed, it can be very easy to make up the belief that I'm I'm not lovable, or I'm hard to get along with, or I make everything difficult, or I'm not enough. When we experience something hurtful, or we have to deal with rejection or criticism, maybe maybe you don't get a promotion that you're looking for, or you lose out on a home that you've been bidding on, that will incur an emotional state. You will feel something because of that. And usually it's something that's pretty uncomfortable. Sadness, uh, rejection, frustration, overwhelm, stress. So when you're in the midst of those emotions, ask yourself, what am I making up? Am I making up that I'll never be able to own a home? Am I making up that I will never get my degree, that I'll never have the career that I want, that I'll never find a partner? That Because a lot of times we take a singular instance that hurts and we go and make a massive conclusion about what that means, about the entirety of our life, an isolated situation, and then we put a stamp on it that then permeates the entirety of our life. And that's kind of ridiculous, but we all do it because emotions are dramatic. So when you're in those heightened states, just ask yourself, what am I making up? All right, number nine, ninth way to help you start bolstering some of this self-belief, learn something new. And this kind of falls under the category of doing something that scares you. It's believing in our own capability. 
It's when we weren't sure if we could learn how to jumpstart our car, but we learned how and we're kind of feeling like a badass because of that or change a tire or maybe cook some beef stroganoff. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But something maybe that you didn't know how to do, maybe it's taking up a hobby, maybe it's something in your work that you've been kind of avoiding because you're like, I don't know that type of technology, so I'm not going to do it. Maybe it's jumping into that a little bit. Maybe it's asking for help around it and releasing a little bit of that ego. But learning something new, even if it's as simple as I learned a new word or a new way to express an emotion or a new way to cross stitch or knit, anything like that, just learning something new helps to send the signal to our minds that we're capable, that we're capable of greatness, that we can learn, that we can adapt, that we can change, that we can implement. And that's wildly confidence building. So number nine, learn something new. And then finally, number 10, give credence to neuroscience and recognize that there is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you It's typically just the beliefs that you have been attached to simply no longer serve you. They're not helpful anymore. So you don't have to change. You're already enough. You just have to switch the belief around that so that you truly believe that you are. So the reason I say give credence to neuroscience, I will tell you without fail, most of the students who come to work with me with Deep Down and Dirty Almost all of them start with the belief that it will work for everybody else, but it will not work for me. (laughs) I can't possibly change my beliefs. I can't possibly truly believe in myself or gain confidence. That's not available for me. I am uniquely damaged and flawed. And to say that is to disregard what we know from the field of neuroscience, which tells us that we have neuroplasticity of the brain, meaning you can switch anything that you have believed into something else. You can teach an old dog new tricks. It doesn't matter how far down the path of people-pleasing, perfectionism, self-doubt, self-loathing that you have gone, you can actually switch those neural pathways in the brain. And there's a very specific way of going about that. There's numerous ways to go about that. Part of it is repetition. Part of it is working with the subconscious faculty of the mind. There's lots of stuff. But you are not exempt from science. (laughs) It applies to you too. So I think sometimes just recognizing, oh, I'm okay the way I am. I'm actually not damaged. I'm not broken. I'm just a, a human who's been trying to do their best in this world And I've been coming up with these beliefs and these notions that I'm the problem instead of recognizing that maybe being human just sometimes hurts and I'm allowed to feel what I feel and that doesn't have to mean that I'm broken or that I'm not enough or that I'm not valuable or I'm not worthy. So that one is more of a conceptual idea that I am not exempt from science. (laughs) I am not exempt. It's possible for me too. So if that is you and 
you're feeling like, I want to believe that (laughs) and I need help with that. Again, check out my workshop, watch through to the end, book a call with a member of my team and we'll talk about if Deep Down and Dirty is the the right solution for you. So let's do a quick little recap and I want you to be thinking about which of these am I going to be jumping into? What what am I going to take on as a really thoughtful task going into the next week? Number one, keep an ongoing evidence log of the things you did not know how to do and you ended up figuring it out or an I'm proud of myself because. Number two, being intentional about who you are surrounding yourself with. Number three, choosing healthy behaviors that make you feel good. Number four, decide on an action that you can take that scares you just a little bit. Number five, monitor that self-talk. Number six, focus on good what-ifs or just simply neutral what-ifs instead of spiraling into the bad. Number seven, examine your deep-seated beliefs. What is What are the roots of the tree? What is yielding the fruit here? We need to look at the those deep beliefs. Number eight, examine your emotions and ask, what am I making up? Just because I feel shitty doesn't mean I am shitty. Number nine, learn something new, even if it's just a new word. Super easy. Do something to give yourself a little traction in that self-belief. And then finally, number 10, give credence to neuroscience. You are not exempt from science. <laughs> it applies to you as well. I will leave you with that. I do so hope that you will join us next week when we will be talking about believing that you are lovable. This is a big one. That will be a part of the podcast tour. We'll talk much more about that next week. And until then, I will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life.